We thank God for today, Father's Day, right? Father's Day. Hmm. We serve a living God. And we thank God for the life of fathers. I think it's, it's been said over and over and over. We thank God for the life of fathers. And I want to add my voice to that. Say, thank God for fathers. You see, it's not... When we say father, it is not just... Or it is not simply a person who has given birth to a child. Understanding of who a father is or what it means to be father is very important here. Because I'll say it again, father it's not simply or just a title for someone who has given birth to biological children. The idea of father comes from God himself. Hallelujah. From God himself. And if we're going to really understand what it means, we need to take it from him. Take it from him. Praise God. In the text that we read this morning, Genesis chapter 17, we see God prom um, commanding Abraham To be perfect before him. And perfect as what? Perfect as a father. He says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Which the word perfect means to be complete. Complete. Another word is to be entire, to be whole. It also means to be clean, without blemish. And it, though it, it also means mature, it also means upright. So if we look at it, text or to the context, we understand that basically what God is saying to him is this. Hey, walk before me uprightly. Uprightly. And then he goes on he says, and I will make my covenant between you and me and will multiply thee exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face and as for me, my covenant is with thee, God, God says. And um, he says, neither shall, in the verse 5, Neither shall your name any longer be Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations 
have I made you? A father of many nations have I made you. So God himself declared that he's made Abraham a father of many nations. Many nations. And I'm sure we are all aware of this truth that indeed Abraham is a father of many nations. Think about the Arabs, think about the Turks from Ishmael, think about the Midianites from Keturah's sons, and think about, you know, the Israelites from, from Isaac, and then think about, you know, the other part, um, the, the, the Edomites from, from Israel's land. So we have a father indeed of many nations. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, when God says father, what is it? I want to just bring your mind back to something before I continue on this. We're going to look at Abraham as a father. And what was it? Was Abraham able to become a father? Yes, he was. What was it that made Abraham become so? We're going to look at that today. But I want us to bring our, bring our mind back to when we say father, what it means. Because if we just talk about Abraham being a successful father, we may still have in our minds that picture of a father being a, a person who gives birth to biological children. So first of all, let's start with this. Every male man, from an understanding of God's word, is meant to be a father. Fatherhood, the moment you are born as a male man, so that young boy has that potential of fatherhood in him. So let's start from this. Because so he's meant to be a father. That thing, God has created him with that already in him. And his role is different from that of the, the female man. Or what we, we call the, yeah, the female man. So the, there is a male man and the female man. And to help us, God, we can see that God designed the male man with certain features. That gives us an idea of what kind of role or purpose he is supposed to fulfill. So the male man who was created by God to be a father has in him certain features. And these features are given deliberately so that he can fulfill that role that God wants him to fulfill. So there is an agenda. There, there is a purpose. So right from that childhood, right from the time a child, a male man is growing, this understanding must be in him. If this understanding is not there, he will waste himself, grow up, 
and still not be able to function as God has destined him to function. That is why it's important that we clarify this. Now, let me put it another way. The male man exists, exists, exists to be a father. So the role is cut out. Praise God. We get this word, when you look into the Bible, we get this word from from two original um, um, languages, that's the Hebrew and the Greek. In the Greek, uh, sorry, in the, in the Hebrew, the, the word father comes from the word ab, which we sometimes say abba. And from the Greek, it, come, it comes from the word pater. And all these words, they have, they have a large, you know, they have broad meanings. So father is not just a, a, a single thing, it's signifying someone who's, who's given birth to, uh, you know, a child, because our language is normally when, when a male man gives birth to a child, a biological son, we say, now you are a father. Now you are a father. No, but, but God created a male man with that potential of fatherhood. So whether he's an uncle, a brother, or, or, or um, a son, or a nephew, or what, he has that thing in him. And he must understand so that he will grow with purpose. That he will grow with understanding. He will grow with a sense of, you know, I'm living life for, for a reason. You see, I am here to fulfill a purpose of God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to just take a few minutes just to look at some of these meanings. So Father... One of the meanings is, it means source. It means source. It means foundation or founder. It means nourisher. It means protector, defender, teacher, sustainer, maintainer, someone who maintains things. We might not be able to look to to look at them all, but at least let's make a start. Praise God. So, Father, when we say Father, God created a male man to be a source, to be source. Source in the sense that it is from Him, it is from Him that the family comes out. It is from him that things are birthed. I mean, things come out. It's meant to be a source. That is why God put the seed in the male man. Deliberately. So that we will, there will be no misunderstanding or confusion about what the male man is supposed to do. And his role, if I should say, in the family. His role is to be the source, the one that gives the seed. And as you realize, no woman has a seed. The seed is in the man. He's source. 
That is fundamental. That is in the creation of God. He made it such that man will be the source. The one that gives the seed for the continuity of life. Praise God. So without the male man, without the male servant as father, there is no way of bringing forth children. There's no way of continuing life here on this earth. Praise the Lord. Only, so in the, so every relationship requires, so in the relationship of the home, there must be a male man. And there must be a female man. Because the male man must give the seed. Two female men, uh, um, a man can't bring forth children. They cannot. Neither can two males do it, although they both produce seed. You see, so the female man has her role of incubating the seed and giving, bringing it out. But the male man has to give. So if we are thinking of posterity and we are thinking of continuity in life, we need to stop this idea of Two females, you know, uh, um, being, a, be, being a home. Or two males being a home. It's contradictory to the ways of God. It doesn't work and it won't work. Imagine we all decide that, you know what, we're just going to form families or homes with male-male and female-female. In one generation, we, we will be terminated. Earth will be finished, kaput. That is, whatever God intends to do on the earth is finished, over. God have mercy. Another, father also means ancestor. When we talk about father, or our, you know, my fathers, some people will say my fathers, our ancestors, we're talking about fathers. Fathers refers to those who come before. Those who come before, those who come before, those who precede, those, who's, those who begin the, the line. That's just, they, they are the ones that initiate the line. They, they are the ones that, that initiates everything. Okay. Fathers initiate. They are, ans they, they are called ancestors. They don't just initiate or they, they don't just begin things. They also give the identity. A father gives the identity of the family. <laughs> Hello. Praise God. So us, so father, another sense or meaning is that they are they they, 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 they also they are the ancestor and, and, and ancestors, they give identity. They give the identity. Praise God. And you see, Father also, besides identity, they, so, so they start, a father starts a new line. Praise God. That's very important. Don't, don't despise that. Very, very important. A father starts a new line. That is why, you know, in, um, 
in Matthew 19, or even Genesis, Adam will say, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife and become one flesh. So that, that means that he forms a new unit, a new unit, a new unit. So a male man does not take a wife just to continue his father's line, or just to continue his father's thing, or his mother's side, or the woman's side. No, he comes to begin a new line. That is why in the Bible you hear, and, um, and Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat, begat Jacob and Esau. It is never Abraham and Jonathan begat Isaac. It's never like that. So going back to that first point, that two, feet, two, two people giving birth to, no, it doesn't happen. It's one person who begets, who brings, who begins a new line. Very important. Let's not forget that. The father means ancestor, one who begets a new line. Praise Jesus. Father also means foundation or founder. Father, foundation means, foundation is something what you lay on the ground to build upon. Hello. That is, that is also very crucial. Father is foundation. It's founder. You know, normally, companies, corporations, businesses, institutions, they normally talk about the founder. That is the one who started it. And when they started, they lay out how that thing is to be done. They lay out the structure. They, they lay out the identity. So they talk about what? Our founder is coming. The founder of a movement. Our founder is, is meeting us today. Those people are usually called fathers. Fathers of the faith. Fathers of that. That's where that word comes from. You see, so these people... Might not have biologically, uh, might not have given birth to all these people in the in the movement or in the company or in the business, but they are called fathers. They're not giving birth to them biologically, but they're called fathers because father. Another meaning is to be uh, is a founder or foundation to, to be foundation. That means a father is the basis. A father is the ground from which. Everything, that's what? Springs. So the father is like a springboard. Hello. So father is a springboard. Father is the one from whom the family or the body springs out. And we know that foundations are very important. Because when a foundation is weak, whatever you are building upon it has not got, has not got any, any, um, has not got any chance of survival. Any wind or any boisterous wind or any, any, any disturbances, the whole thing will, will collapse. So father is very important. Father must not be played down. Father must be considered highly. Father must be given its due attention. 
My purpose for talking about this today is two. Is two. That there will be faith and action on one side. And there will be prayer on the other side. Praise God. So if you're not a father, probably your purpose or your action will be the prayer. But if you're a father, you're a male man, yours is to take action. Praise God. Foundation, founder. Father also means author. Author. Author has to do with the one who has the legitimate authority to, to let things be. Praise God. Father is the author of life. You receive in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I'll come to Genesis in a few minutes. Just give me a few minutes. Just want to lay this foundation. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, Jesus is described as the author and finisher of our faith. Looking, looking unto Jesus. Are we there yet? Okay. The author and finisher of our faith. That means the beginning of your faith in God starts with him. If you're going to have any faith in God, it cannot be in any other than Jesus. It depends. It rests. See, so father is very, fatherhood is very important. Fatherhood is, someone say, dad is destiny. Fatherhood is destiny. Fatherhood is crucial. It's, it's, it's a heavy responsibility. It's a heavy task. Because like Jesus, he's a founder. He's a, if anyone is going to come to the father, he's the author of that faith. And he's also the, if someone is a father, he's also the finisher. Fathers don't, fathers don't just start and abandon. Like you said, father, they are the source, and as source, they sustain and they maintain. So father, when they give birth to something, they also sustain it, and they maintain it, and see that it comes to that fruitful end. That is the role of a father. So fathers have got an awesome responsibility. So Jesus, I'll come back to Christ Jesus again. Author and finisher of our faith. You see, so if you're going to come to God, he's authority. Author means authority. He's, a, he's, a, he's authority here. He's authority. If any man is going to come to God, you can't come by any other name. It has to be through Jesus Christ. See, he's the author of salvation, God calls it. He's the author of what? Salvation. That means to be saved, it has to be through Christ. No other name. Yes, 
every man has choice. You have got a choice to be in any camp you want to be in. But if you want salvation, it has to be through the author of life and salvation. Jesus Christ. So in the same way, Father is a passport to the offspring's well-being. Father is crucial. Father is crucial. And let me say this. When someone marries, a woman marries, she moves to join the husband. And the husband takes on that role of fatherhood in that home. The wife, the wife doesn't go back to the, to the biological father for things. He now looks up to the man, his, the male man that, that she's married for the support, for the nourishment. Let me say this so that I can, I can move on very quickly. Father also means teacher. A father has the responsibility to also teach. The male man, whether he's a teacher or not, has got a grace in him to teach. Hello? And he is to lead the family. And like God told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect, be complete, be whole, be upright. He's to be able, and at one point God said, I will not hide this from Abraham because why he would instruct his family or his people in the way they should go, in the way of, in the way of uprightness, because I've already told him to be upright. So the father, one of his responsibilities is as he walked up before God, his task also is to make sure that he teaches those, his offspring, those that are dependent upon him, he teaches them uprightness. Teaches them the way of God. I know that in some homes, the, the, the female man might know more of the word of God but it is now time, now that you've heard, it's now time for you to, you know, do a speedy catch-up. Catch-up speedily on the word of God and begin to teach. Don't say, well, I'm not a teaching type. No, you are. God created you so. Hallelujah. Because as father, if you are the source and you are the sustainer and you are the maintainer and you are the finisher, that means... You already have the capacity in you to do that, to bring them through. But it requires some discipline, though, which is the training. So, begin from where you are and do a speedy catch-up and take the role. Praise God. And let me say this. The father also, the father is a teacher, and a teacher... A father, sorry, let me put it this way. A father may lecture, but a father is not a lecturer, but a teacher. The lecturer just comes to tell you, this is it, do it, and then goes away. And say, well, I've told him, do it. No, father 
Fathers, it is not good enough to say, I told them. No, we are teachers. To teachers show. Teachers show the way. Hello. Serve so your young man listening to me, you might not have biological children, but hey, you're a teacher. You show the way. You show the way. And if you have, yes, you still show the way because you're a teacher, not a lecturer. So just give a lecture and then go away. And as teacher, you're not a butcher. You don't just cut it anyhow. Because butchers just, you know, boom, boom. I know they've got a rhythm, but they cut in such a way that they have no compassion for the meat on the table. They just cut it. Because the meat is dead and cannot say anything, cannot, cannot respond. So you just cut it anyway. But hey, a teacher is a teacher. Teacher is patient. Gentle. So, it comes back to this principle. The teacher entered the classroom, gave a test, and all the children failed. Hence it. And then the teacher was complaining, a female teacher, complaining. I've taught you this. I've taught you this. And what? what? And then one girl who doesn't speak a lot in the class started lifting the hand from under, under, the, under the table. Bringing it up, 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 bringing it up. And when the teacher saw the hand coming, he said, yes, what's the problem? He said, uh, yes, miss. Uh, how can you say you've taught us when we haven't learned it? Ooh, boom. Bingo. How can you say you've taught us when we haven't learned it? Fine. You've said it. You call that teaching. It was saying, but we've not learned it. So since we haven't learned it, we will make mistakes. Hey, hello. So you see, let's stop. We, we who teach, let's stop what? We have taught them. They, they're not, no, they've not learned it. So keep teaching. Hello. Once they've learned it, how many of us here, if I ask you one plus one, will tell me five? We've all learned it. You've learned it very well. You make no mistake. It's the, it's the same thing. Hello? How many of us here, when we, grew, when we were growing up, used to put the right shoe on the left foot? How many of us here? I mean, when I say here, I mean, wherever you are listening to me, you, you know what I'm talking about. But now, do you still put the right shoe on the left foot? No, you don't. Because why? You've learned and the right shoe goes on the right foot. You, you've learned. See, so let's stop telling people, oh, you are so dumb and you're not. If they have learned it, they will do right. And that goes to every church, everywhere. Let's stop complaining. They're not getting it because you've not finished teaching. Keep on teaching. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm. Fathers are teachers. They pour, they pour themselves into the life of the family. 
and to those who depend upon them. They pour their heart into their lives. They sacrifice for them. Praise God. Let me ask you a question. You might not be able to answer me. But at least you can answer it for yourself. The Bible says, when God created all things, he put the seed of the thing that he created in itself to do what? To produce after its kind. So the Father is not just to just give something out, but to make sure that what comes out of him is just like him. So fathers reproduce after their kind. That's why I said the father is patient and gentle. So not until the offspring or the seed is just like you, your work is not finished. You keep pouring in. You keep pouring in. You keep pouring in. Hallelujah. Fatherhood, oh, to be a father is an awesome responsibility. It is not a role of the mother. Let's get us straight. Praise God. Some mothers have to step in. I'm not talking about mothers today. Mothers, forgive me. So if I'm not mentioning your name, that's fine because today is Father's Day. Hallelujah. So, fathers, it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility. Hello. But how could this be done? How could this be done? How could this be done? It's a challenging task, especially in the world that we're living right now. It's a challenging task to raise them to be after your kind. And that also indicates that the father, anyway, the idea, the idea is that God told Abraham, be upright, be perfect, be complete, be whole. You see, the father is meant to be whole, meant to be a whole man, not a broken man, a mature man, one that is put together, one that is not, you know, today high, tomorrow low, one that is, I don't know what I'm doing, no, upright, perfect, complete, whole. Leading and making sure that the offspring and the whole entire family or organization or movement is following after him. It's an awesome task. But the whole task is the soul. As he follows God, who is father of all, then he can be raised his offspring, just like him. Because he is copying the father. So whatever we see the father do, we also do the same. Praise the Lord. Now, I've already told you the principle. But let's go into it. Genesis 17, please. Genesis 17. 
Genesis 17. I said all that just to give a background of what, a father, of what the role of the father is. We can expand upon all of these things because father is a very broad thing. But this, this is just to give an idea of what the role of the father is. Or what the meaning of the word father is. And it's not just restricted to having biological children. Praise God. So fathers are those who start something. So as a young person, young boy, you can start something. Maybe you go to your school and then you begin to start a scriptural union group or something. Starting something. Birth something. Because God created you with that thing original in you. Take it up. Something is bothering you. Something is eating you up. You want to change somewhere. Start something. Hallelujah. You don't understand why the world is doing certain things in a particular way. You start something. Because God has put a thing in you. That fatherhood is inside you. Start something. Birth something. And champion it. And change the world. Change society. Let something happen. Praise God. But how do you make it happen? How? Genesis 17, please. Here in Genesis 17, we see God come to Abraham. Abraham, for, for, for starters, Abraham, and tells him, in the verse, um, okay, he says, verse 5, from the verse 5, Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I'll make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Wonderful, isn't it? I mean, wonderful. Goodness me. Kings who rule, who rule and reign in royalty. Can you imagine that you go to nations and the king is your son? When people are bowing down to him, you go and say, boy, just push, let me see here. You know, that kind of thing. I can't remember a big sister of mine used to tell me, Sam, when you, you know, when you're in your office and I'm coming, she, she used to question me when I come back from school. What did you learn? And she would make sure that I, I really tell her everything that I've done. It was really help, 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 helpful. I always came home thinking, I'm going to be asked that question, so I need to make sure that I understand all that I was taught because I'll be asked. When I come, she, whether it is science, biology, she was a nurse, so... She would ask me about what is science. She would ask me into detail and have to give all that, which was quite good. <laughs> um, praise Jesus. A father of many nations have I made you. You see, when we come to the story of Abraham, 
where God tells him, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will establish my covenant with you. And I will give unto thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, and all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And then God gave him the sign of circumcision. Now the sign of, circum- of circumcision was just a sign to say, hey God, I will be the upright man you called me to be. I will be. That's a sign. That your word concerning my life shall come to pass. Amen. Why? When we read this story, the reason for the story is not just to know the story. Hello? God gave us this story so that we will learn something from the story. If we have the idea that coming into the Bible is just to know the stories, I tell you some of the things that would happen. Some of the things that will happen is that you wake up in the morning, dress up, wash, you know, go through all the hustle, come for a church service like this, and then during the time of the preaching, you will stand outside having a chat with your friend because the story that's being said, you know about it. That's what will happen. And um, when you want to read your Bible, you, you ask yourself, but I know all the stories in the, in the Bible, so, so what am I going to read? Anybody get that kind of feeling? You want to read it, but it's, oh, I, but I know the stories. Oh. Today, read John, oh, but I know what's in John already. Genesis, I know the whole story. Um, Exodus, I know when they were coming from Egypt. Leviticus, oh, all the rules, all the rules, all the things about the priests and the oh, numbers. They're recording all their life journey in the wilderness. Deuteronomy, a repetition of all the laws that have been given so far. Joshua, when he, when he conquered Jericho. Kings, about all the kings that rose, the good ones, all the bad ones. Samuel, that good prophet. It's every book of the Bible, you already know it. So why would you read it? But hey, the purpose of the Bible is not just the stories. The purpose of the Bible is so that we will pick the principles of God from them. And the picking the principles require that your eyes are in it to see what is there. That is why you know the story. But what's the principle? This story that we just read, most of us know it. God called, telling Abraham, walk before me and be that perfect. And some of you even know it in other languages. The moment it is said, that language version comes into your mind. You know it. But what's the principle there? That is the question. And that's why we attend services. Praise the Lord. And that's why it's important to avail yourself to a church service. Like this. And on Sunday, don't play football. Or don't go golfing. But to be in the house of God, to hear God's truth. Amen. Or to, you know, go shopping. 
Hallelujah. So there's a principle that we're supposed to learn from the stories that we read. So, here, what is the principle? Or what is the secret? There is something about Abraham's life. Whatever God told him here, was it achieved? Yes, it was achieved. But how? Praise God. Come with me to Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. Oh, sorry, Galatians chapter 3 verse 8, please. Galatians 3 verse 8. He achieved it. But how was it achieved? Because we all know that in this life, things are not achieved that easily. It's, it's, it's very easy to, to destroy something. But it's very challenging to build something up. Let's read it. Verse 8. The text says, He says, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Hallelujah. In thee shall what? All nations be what? Blessed. That all, another way to put it. In thee shall all nations be made righteous. In thee shall all nations be made what? Righteous. And the scripture, and the scripture, for see, and the scripture. You mean the word of God. Look at the text properly. And the word of God foresaw. The word foresaw. The words of God saw far away that God was going to justify all nations. This was before there was a nation called Israel. God had, <coughs> but we are to understand that the, the word scripture or word here means God himself. He said that scripture foresaw. Scripture, what is, what is scripture? So we understand that God foresaw. God already before Israel become, before, the, before people became, a group became, a group was known as the Jews. God had already in his own mind said he is going to justify all nations by what? Faith. Are we getting this? So faith is the most important element. Not genealogy, not, not, not biological genealogy. Well, I, I come from a, a Jewish line, so I am, no, no, no. God, before he even called Abraham, had decided that nations were going to be justified, made righteous. That means people were going to come to him by faith. So what you and me have done today is a fulfilling of prophecy. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. You are fulfilling a prophecy. See, God was going to justify. And in God going to justify, what did God do? In God's, when, when God knew he was going to justify all nations, what did he do to Abraham? He what? He, did, he walked, oh, come on, I can't hear you in your homes if you can say it in the Bible. He preached. God preached. God did what? Preached. God preached to Abraham. Now, let me ask you, was that, did Abraham have a Bible? Did Abraham have a Bible? The answer is no. God himself preached to Abraham. So God in his workings has determined that through preaching, his mind and his truth shall come to his people. Today, thank God we have preachers, we have the word, and then we have the inner voice that God still preaches through. So God still preaches, but now even the Adventists are even more, like I'm preaching right now. God is speaking to us. And when it comes to the Bible and you're studying it, God is pre preaching from the Bible to you. And then sometimes he preaches without a... Somewhere, somewhere, and he will minister to you, preaching. Hallelujah. Which means that, you see, preaching of the word of God, attending to the preaching of the word of God is very, very important because God shares his mind through that. So Abraham heard a preaching like we are hearing today. Or we've been hearing. Abraham heard a preaching like that. Well, the question is, Abraham indeed became the father of nations. Oh. But all that we have heard, what have we become? That's the question. Look at Genesis 12 verse 2. Just quickly. Genesis 12 verse 2. And I'll also read 18 verse 18. Genesis 12 verse 2, please. Just quickly, yes, let's read it quickly. Genesis 12, verse 2. It reads, And God said, I will, And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Genesis 18, verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Abraham came to, to this understanding. That God is going to bless all nations through him. He acted. Abraham did something. Abraham took an action. Praise God. He took an action. You see, so, you know, Abraham could have said, wow, that was a great sermon. And then that's it. Whoa, that was a powerful sermon. Whoa, that was great. That was insightful. My goodness, what a word. Abraham could have given all those, you know, all those nice, nice expressions after hearing the word, which is good. We must celebrate the, the word. Abraham might have said, wow, I don't know. He might have. But hey, he didn't end there. He acted upon what he heard. Praise God. 
he acted upon what he did what? Heard. Acted upon it. Abraham began to work hard. Abraham began to work. Is it so? So the first thing we learn here is this. When God's mind comes to us, we must go to work upon the word. Hallelujah. So we have talked about what father means. So as we have shared, what we are learning here is this. As Abraham, a father of, of nations who work, we, we must also take the initiative and begin to work on all, act upon all the things that we have heard today. As source, as ancestor, as foundation, as nourisher, as teacher. Let's begin to act upon them. And God's word will be fulfilled. We shall see a transformation in the home, in the society, and wherever we are. Why? Because we are acting upon that word of God that has come to us. Amen. Amen. So Abraham began to work. He worked very hard. He was a hard-working man. He began to labor. Why was he laboring? He was laboring. Why? Because what God has said, he wanted it. God said, you will be the father of nations. So, you know, <laughs> families, families don't just sit around tables and just sit there all day. They eat, don't they? They have clothes on their body. They move on. They also have to graduate and go and form their own families. I need to nurture them. Abraham understood. For nations to be born, that means that I need to be able to prepare my home such that they can also go out and continue and continue and, 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 and continue. And that requires teaching. It requires giving. It, it requires sacrificing. It, it requires nourishing them. It requires providing for them. It requires so many things. And he began to work hard. He was a hardworking man. Abraham built economic power. He built economic power. He was a powerful guy. He built sustainable wealth. Wealth that could, you know, carry him through. Because he was building it. He was, he was, he was getting himself ready for what God was going to do. You say you have faith. Well, Abraham showed demonstrated his faith by his actions. Hello. Our faith in God must always be backed by action. So if you say you believe, if you say you have faith in something, yes, I believe, I have faith. If you believe, act on it. I double dare you, whatever you say you believe, what are your actions? If your actions are contrary to your belief, Something is not right. Get back to the drawing board. And make sure that your faith is matched by works or actions. Because Abraham did that. Come with me to Genesis 20, 23, the verse 49. Genesis 23, the verse 49. Genesis 23. In 4 to 9, it reads, 
I am a stranger and a sojourner with, with you. Give me a possession of a burying place with, with you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the children of, of Heth answered Abraham, saying unto him, Hear us, my Lord. Watch these words. Watch these words. Thou art a mighty, a mighty what? A mighty prince amongst us. And remember, Abraham was told by God to leave his homeland to go to a place where God will show him. Genesis 23, please. Genesis 23 and then verse 4. Verse 4. Go to a land that I will show you. So the land that he is in, he is in that land as a stranger. But the people are calling him a mighty prince. Because he worked hard. He was not lazy. They didn't put his hand in his, in his, in his pocket, walking up and down the streets of the, of the land of Canaan. He dug wells. He had servants. They worked. They had, they had, they had, they had cattle. They reared them. They groomed them. I mean, they were doing well. So the people called him, you are a mighty prince amongst us. Let's continue. Praise God. Verse 6. You are mighty prince amongst us. Verse 6. In the choice of our, of, of our sepulchres, bury thy dead. None of us shall withhold from thee his sepulchre, but that thou mayest bury thy dead. And Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, very courteously, even to the chain of Heth. And he communed with them, saying, If it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me. And treat me and entreat me to, to Ephron, the son of Zohar. Basically, Ephron had a burying place that Abraham won. It was beautiful. He wanted it. That he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which, is, which he has, which is in the end of his field. For, for what? Read with me. For us. Much money as it is worth, he shall give it to me for a possession of a burying place amongst you. <laughs> he tells them, I want your burying place. For whatever price you want to give it to me, I want to buy it. <laughs> Abraham did not say, oh, uh, uh, you know, my wife is dead. Please give this land to me. I, I'm begging you. He said, no, sell it to me at any price. At any, that means he was financially sound and okay. He's worked hard to raise that money. He had it and he could buy a burying place. He did not beg for it. He worked to earn it. And he was ready to pay any price for it. Hallelujah. That was the workings of Abraham. He worked hard. Praise God. And you see, let me ask you a question. A stranger, a stranger 
God had told him, this land I give to you. And he's a, and he's a stranger. And he's buying a burying place. Do strangers buy burying place in foreign land? What was he saying? He was saying, I have come to stay. He's buying a, a burial ground. Let's call it a cemetery. <laughs> the man is buying a cemetery. Why would you buy a cemetery? That means I have come to stay. A cemetery. Could have taken his dead to his hometown? No. He bought a cemetery. It belongs to him from that time on. And later on, after many years, Jacob will be buried there. <laughs> Joseph will be buried there. Because it belonged to Abraham. He bought it. So when he finally owns the land, they own it already. Praise God. And you see, why was he doing all this? Why was he doing all this? He fought, you know, he fought wars. He had, he, he had, he had his team, he had his, he had his, you know, his, his men to fight, even to go and save Lot. Abraham was not just idling about. He was fortifying himself, what God has said. Ah. But why was he doing all this? He was doing all this because he believed God. He what? Believed God. Say with me. He believed God. He believed God. He was laying the foundation of the generations that he had not seen yet. <laughs> God said he will be a father of many nations. He's not seen it yet, but he was laying the foundation why do I say this? Come with me to Genesis chapter 15, please. Genesis 15. He had not seen it, but he was laying the foundation for it. He believed it. Amen. He believed it and was laying the foundation for what God had told him. Did he know what was happening? Listen, listen. After this the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, I am one born in my house is my heir. Hair means the one who will inherit you. Abraham had so much. <laughs> and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he, he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. And he, and he brought himself forth abroad and said, Look towards the heavens and tell, Can you count? 
This is where God asked him to count the, the stars, if he could. And of course, he can't count the stars. But what lesson, what a lesson here? It is this. Abraham was building resource. He was really working hard. He was fortifying himself in the land. Because God has said, you will become a father of nations. So he's building himself up. Based upon what God, the truth of God. You see, it is a truth of God. That is a solution to the realization of what God has put in your heart. It's a truth. It's God's word. It is the acting in faith upon that word. Let me put it that way, sorry. It is acting upon the truth God has put in your heart. Okay, that is a secret here. Abraham had not seen it yet. But here, he was preparing, and he had so much wealth, and now his concern was that a servant was going to inherit all of this. A servant, because the only son in his home was the son of a servant. And he has to give it to him. If there's no, and God says, actually, no. What I promised you, I'm going to do it. Out of your own bowels, you are going to bring forth. Praise God. So what am I saying? So before, before Sarah died and he had to buy a, a cemetery, he was already doing well and was considering all these things. Although he had not seen the promise yet. He's not seen it. What, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that, that, that as, as father, the thing you are hoping to see, the dream you have for the family, how you want the children to be, how you want the home to be, how you want the business to be, the industry to, to be, how you want, you know, the church of God to be. You, you're not seeing it yet, but keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Hallelujah. Keep on in faith. Keep on in faith. Don't throw it away. Don't say, well, it's, it's not happening. Don't allow the circumstances around you to determine that it's not going to happen. Just keep God's truth and keep acting. Walk in faith. You see, your actions should be based upon the truth of God's word. Find out the truth of God's word and let your actions be based upon that. Practical actions. That is what will yield the solution. Praise God. Oh my goodness. That is what will yield the solution. Abraham did not have a single son. And he believed. Maybe what God has given us so far as a father. You look around and say, I can't see what I really want to see. I want to see, you know, great children, mighty, coming up, but I, I can't see it. Take God's word and let your actions be based upon what God has said. Praise God. He was believing God for a righteous nation. A righteous nation, and he was working hard to raise that. But you say, whoa. Someone might say, Abram, you are a dreamer. You are a dreamer. 
Genesis 17, Abraham was 99 years old. And Sarah was past, gone past the time of giving birth. And Abraham, and you are still believing. So you see, in the conversation that God has with, that God has with Abraham, in this chapter, we see that Ab- in Genesis 15, we see that Abraham had concerns. Sometimes we think that walking in faith means that everything is rosy. Walking in faith simply means that you, what you've heard, you are walking towards it. And you may be having certain challenging doubts in your mind, but still keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Walking in faith doesn't mean that you will not get challenges, doubts, and mm, is it going to happen? Mm. Abraham was saying, but he's giving me nothing. Abraham was saying, so God's first words were, fear thou not. That means there were certain apprehensions in his mind. Is, is it really going to be? Is it, although he was working, those thoughts were there. Hey, if you're having those thoughts, you are not disqualified from the game. Keep on keeping on in faith. Hallelujah. Keep on keeping on in faith. And don't give up. Praise God. I like what we read, what we, what we read in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I like it. I know I, couldn't get, I, I didn't get time to really exhaust the Romans chapter 4. But, and because there are so many things there. Praise God. Um... The four, the four. Look at, look at the verse 11. He says, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith which he had yet, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of, of all them that do what? Believe, though they be not circumcised, and that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Right from verse 13. For, okay, from, sorry, verse 12. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps that, in the step of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. See, so now it's faith. It's faith. Originally, God's whole idea was that people will, will come, nations will become born again through what? Faith. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void. Okay, verse 15. For the law worketh rough, for where there's no for, for where no law is, there's no transgression. Okay, that's fine. Let, let's move on. Verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of what? Faith of Abraham. So the promise God gave to Abraham to be the father of, to, to be the father of nations, to be the one through whom the world will be blessed, it's a promise not only to Abraham, but to everyone who has that same faith. That through you, nations will be blessed too. Through you, people will become righteous by faith. Through you. Hallelujah. That through you, people will come to know God. Through you. Amen. Hallelujah. 
But you see, Abraham was believing for this righteous nation. He was believing for it. But things were not that easy. Come to verse 18. That's the bit I want. Who? That's talking about Abraham. Who against hope did what? Who against hope believed in hope? Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was an hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. That means everything around him was negative. The things around him were not positive. They were negative. The things around him were not conducive. Naturally, physically, it was not possible. It will appear that he was just talking Bible. He was just talking the word of God. He was just confessing scripture. But hey, the man was not just confessing scripture. He was confessing scripture and he was working towards it. Bible says against hope. That means all things were, it was impossible for him to hope, but he still hoped. What I'm saying is that sometimes, or maybe even now, you are experiencing hopelessness all around you, but continue. I've come to challenge you. I've come to dare you. Still hold faith. The clouds are dark. The sky looks gloomy. Everything seems dark. But I've come to tell you, hold on to the truth of God's word. Like Daniel, gird the loins of your mind. That means hold tight unto the word of God in your mind. Be strong on it. Hold it firmly. Your feelings and everything around you says no. It's impossible. But there, challenge it. By holding firmly in your mind the truth of God's word. That God's word shall come to pass. I will stand by his word. And he who watches over his word to fulfill it will bring it to pass. As he has said, it shall be according to his word. Against hope, he believed in hope. And you too, a father, today I've come to encourage you. Things may look bad and bleak. You say, well, I've given up. I can't correct anymore. But I double dare you. Gird yourself up and say, yes, I will try one more time. I will keep doing it. I will keep pressing on. I will keep doing it. I will keep pressing on. Maybe your case is that you are lumbered with these young ones and you've got to bring them up, but it is challenging. But you want to fix in your mind the truth of God's word and say, despite the circumstance, despite what is happening around me, I dare to believe. 
I dare to believe. You are troubled in your soul. Your soul has lost its peace. But I've got good news for you. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 verse 2, it says that thou will keep, God will keep in perfect peace. God will keep in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on him. That means keep your mind stayed upon the word of God, the truth of God. You see, deliberately fix the truth in your mind. Deliberately hold it there. Your feelings and things around you are saying, no, no. But I've come to tell you a secret. And that this is a secret. This, 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 this is a principle. Keep your mind on it. Praise God. You're asking me, how did Abraham achieve what God told him? Abraham achieved it by this principle. Hoping against hope. Believing against all hope. He believed. Praise God. That is a principle here. Let me tell you something before I finish today. Principles are fundamental. Principles are permanent. Facts may change, but principles don't change. Principles protect. Principles preserve. Principles. And there's a principle of God here. That against hope, believe. Continue to believe. When everything seems so dark, fix the word of God in your mind and let your mind begin to muse, meditate, and think about the truth of God's word. Don't allow anything else to infiltrate. Keep the mind upon the truth of God's word and very soon, very shortly, you'll find the circumstance itself crumbling down and you be on the happy hand. Hallelujah. Abraham believed against hope. He believed. To believe means what? To believe means to accept that something is true. He accepted that what God has said is true. You see, if we are going to be victorious in this life, in this fight of life, if we are going to be victorious, we need to accept that whatever God has said is a truth. We need to accept God's version of everything. If God has said it, I believe it, that settles it. Hallelujah. If God has said it, I believe it, that settles it. That should be our stand. That should be our stand. God has said it, I believe it, that settles it. Tell yourself, if God has said it, I believe it, that settles it. If God says, I'm a founder, I'm an ancestor, I'm a sustainer, I'm a builder, I'm a teacher, that's what I am on this Father's Day. That's what I am, and that's what I'm going to practice. Our God is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. And Bible tells us in John, James chapter 2. He says, hey, faith without works is dead. So if the faith is there, go to work on what you believe. Begin to over. What if he doesn't? No, forget about that. The one who gave you the word is faithful. He will bring his word to pass. The only time you don't go to work is when he hasn't said anything. But if you have spoken, if, he's, if the preaching has come to you and has stirred up God's truth in your heart, get to work. 
and he's faithful, he will fulfill his word. Hallelujah. For his mercies shall endure ever faithful ever for his mercies for his mercies shall endure oh yes ever faithful This morning, this afternoon, you've been hearing the word of God, talking about believing God, trusting in what God has said. Maybe you're a father, but you're not born again. And you're saying, well, I, I never understood any of this. I have messed up. But you see, it's not too late. With God. If you have understood, the starting point is for God to work in your own soul. The starting point is for you to be a son of God yourself. It's to let God be your father from, from today. So you can be that father you've always wanted to be. But it begins with you being born again. You saying to God, God, give me your life. I want to be your son. Right now, call upon him. You are hearing me. This thing has been knocking on your heart for some time now. You know you must turn your life around, but you've been holding off. You've been putting it off. But today, don't put it off. Wherever you are, call out to him and say, Lord, save me. Save me. Give me life. Give me your life. I want to be your son. That you'll be my father. That I can be that father that you created me to be. That father that you, you, you made me to be. In the name of Jesus. You probably know God already. You are born again. But you see, you thought your role was just to, you know, lecture people. Just tell them what to do and then that's it. But today probably you've understood that as a father, you're a teacher. You're going to show the way through patience and gentleness. You are to sustain. You are to oversee what's going on. You are to take an active role in the molding of the home and everything. All in love because you are a natural, you are a nourisher. You select the best, the best. As a father, your role is to give the family the best they could ever have. And the best can never come from any medium, can never come from any man, can never come from any country, 
any country, any nation, any kingdom, it can only come from the kingdom of God. And it can only, it, it can only come from God himself. So today you want to say, Lord God, from today, I'm going to start looking into your word. Study it. Learn your principles. And begin to lead my family in your way. If you do that, blessing of Christ rests upon you. Amen. Give God a praise. 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 Give God the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, um, but as Pastor carefully took us through the rows, my appreciation and gratitude for the fathers that we have just kept growing. It is an awesome, awesome role and responsibility for any man to occupy. And we thank God for the fathers that do occupy that. I believe that today we've been blessed we have a wonderful teacher in the house, and we, as Pastor said, you cannot say you've taught unless the students have learned. But we as students, we also have a duty to give due diligence to what we've heard, and to study, and to ponder upon it, and to learn from what we've learned today. So all I want to say is, do we believe what we've heard today? Yes. Do you believe what you've heard today? Yes. Do you believe what you've heard today? Then act on it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We've come to the end of our service. We just want to encourage you. We hope you have been blessed and that you've got something to really meditate on today. But we also want to encourage you to treat the fathers out there. Today is their day. Treat them well. Whatever you know you need to do to make them feel like fathers, go ahead and do it. But we want to throw an invitation out to you again next week, Sunday, to join us to fellowship. We also meet on Friday, 7 o'clock, for Bible discussions and learning. We will also like you to join us if you're interested. Just make a note down the line and someone will get in touch with you and send you the link. Praise the Lord. Have a blessed and a fruitful week. And remember, a belief and hope against all hope. Hallelujah. Praise God.